episode of the away team podcast here on pressbasketball.com my name is phil Bello, co-host as always james holis we'll get our twitter handles at the bottom but i'm gonna say it anyways for james j h holis mine's at sporting phil james how you doing today brother it's j holis hoops come on bro oh, j holis hoops my bad it's it, it's so new it, it's it's still etching in my brain j holis hoops and now j. they holis know hoops yeah Make sure you send me your address, bro. I'm going to send you a, a wasp's nest. <laughs> <laughs> get some hornets in. All right, so listen, things uh, are going to get uh, testy already. I can kind of feel it. Um, uh, we yeah, have a couple you, quick hit. Got my at name. You got my at name wrong already. I'm not, I'm not in the mood for your crap today, bro. All right, man. Well, listen, uh, speaking of uh, some crap that people aren't necessarily ready for, uh, a couple quick hitters. Uh, we got Rudy Gay in the Sacramento Kings, obviously not being a big part of that organization going forward or at least we don't think so got some news maybe okc is interested in trading for him they need a wing kind of makes sense do you like it or no uh yeah over at cbs sports uh one of the guys was writing that uh cameron Payne was supposed to actually be you know part of that deal originally he broke his foot broke apart but they still want him so they're talking about it um i I like it because right now uh, and we'll talk about it later Russ has too much of a load, and while I think Oladipo can do it sometimes, he's pretty inconsistent. And Adams, I just don't know if he's that kind of offensive guy to throw the ball to. So he needs help, and needs help now. Uh, it wouldn't hurt, yeah. but I, I don't know. It doesn't sound like a Presti kind of move. Yeah, well, I kind of agree. I think they need some wing scoring, and, and he can play some small ball for. I think they can throw a couple looks out there that I kind of get excited about. Like, I, like, I don't know if it moves the needle, in terms of turning them into some kind of real contender. But it definitely, as you said, needs some help. Um, okay, so... Uh, sorry, what? I, I didn't say a word, bro. Oh, I'm hearing, uh, I'm hearing <laughs> voices always. <laughs> it's all this Canadian syrup, man. It's getting to me. Um, another guy who maybe, um, instead of getting traded, uh, coming back on the active roster, a, a favorite of mine ever since he played for Philly, Drew Holiday for the Pelicans. I've uh, been saying for a while, everyone's like, free Davis, free Davis. This guy needs a playmate. Listen, they traded uh, Nerlens Noel, people forget, years back for this guy. Uh, they could have had block party, which would have been c- kind of dynamic in my eyes. Um, I still think they should trade Buddy Heald for him, but that's another story. Drew Holiday back. Does he move the needle for this team, assuming he stays healthy? Uh, sure. He moved him out of the basement uh, up to, like, the first floor. Uh, I still the, pro- the big thing is you're already 2-8. and eight. Right, so you're already in the whole eight games. Let's say you need what 45 wins to get into the playoffs, right? Let's minimum. Say even yeah. At minimum, and you're two and eight, so you got to go, you know, you got to go like 43 and like 30 something the rest of the way. You know what I mean? So it's it's really tough. Um, I so, mean, that's doable if I mean if Anthony Davis again, like like this whole team is just like like a medical report waiting to happen. You know, like, yeah, like I think he's already he's already questionable for like tomorrow or something. So it's I just don't. They did a good job, I think, signing role players, but the the problem with that is they only have one star in place. And Drew, if Drew's your second, third best player, you're fine, but you still need more. And so the drop off from Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, well, from Anthony Davis to Drew Holiday is pretty big, and then from Drew Holiday to the next best player is pretty big too. So it's I, I just no, I don't I don't think they're gonna make it this year, man. 
Yeah, it's a bit too bad, too, because I was kind of hoping that Tyreek Evans would have a bit of a career year. Ball handled next to healed. I like that. And, and I think it was just unfortunate they got that. What, what was theirs? Their fifth or sixth this year when they got healed? They were... I forgot what spot they drafted in, but it's Somewhere like... Somewhere around kind, there, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate they got it in that draft. Like, like, like you can say that about every team. Like, it's too, it's unfortunate the Raptors got Bargnani at the number one in that draft and all these other guys. But, you know, some other drafts at five or six or seven, wherever they were, like, you could have gotten someone a little bit better. And, and I, I think people were pretty hyped up on Heald and his workout tapes, but I don't know. I think this is a team that... Uh, I don't know, like... It... it it's got to be frustrating if you're the GM of that team because you're spending no, all this money, you're making it, moves. That's the problem, though. That was a GM's problem, that instead of doing things kind of more organically, okay, good, you got your star player. Sign some guys, some vets around them. Now, guess what? Sneak again, and you get another You get another high draft pick. No, they had to make the playoffs. So they, they sold out. Hey, let's get Tyreek Evans. Let's let's get Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon didn't want to be there. You know, he tried to go to the Suns, and they and they, they matched the offer, even though he begged them not to. So that's the kind of thing you do when you're you're for, and I hate this this rush to make the playoffs. So many teams do. So that's all on him. I, and he, I hate. Well, I, I wish them success. Right, I like seeing the David succeed, but this is what that's this is a cautionary tale in team building. Sometimes you just there's no need to to to, make, to rush the process. Uh, Sam Presti somewhere. Uh, uh, I was putting a drink up and, and cheers to you, buddy. Um, and, and we're seeing the same thing in Minnesota, right? Uh, they could have jumped the gun after a couple there, especially after the, the uh, Wiggins trade. Who knows what happens after that? But they got patient. But speaking of uh, one of our main subjects we want to talk about today, um, I, um, actually, uh, we can transition that right into Wiggins because uh, big news kind of all over the NBA. Wiggins obviously blowing up, turning into a stud player this year, um, kind of uh, just lights out from three-point land like where did this come from I mean people are kind of hoping this is where he'd go but I don't think anyone saw this at the start of the season and compared to draft mate uh, drafted one and three Jabari Parker of Milwaukee these are two young guys both 21 years old um, who are the different it, I, I guess they're both the second best player in their team I was gonna say Parker is their guy but no Giannis definitely has that one mm-hmm. so they're both like a, a really strong B um, or B plus, however you want to put them, and, and and we have to look at their two seasons just just to give you a little bit of uh, information to line it up. Uh, Wiggins at this point, they both s- played and started in ten games. Wiggins is about thirty six minutes a game, st- scoring just under twenty seven points, um, not much in terms of rebounds, just under four, two point something assists, and shooting. 54% from three and 47 from yeah, the field. Yeah, nonsense. It's not, he's not going to maintain that. No, but he is getting to the line nine times a game, and he's shooting a 73%. Like, you kind of hope that's going to go up a bit, but some, but, but a guy who can get, get to the line that often, that you can maintain because eh. cause that's just effort. Eh. You don't think? I, okay, I just, well. I think that sooner or later, I mean, even though he's young and he's energetic, sooner or later... That's 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 one reason that was Russell Westbrook is such a a marvel is because like you know late in the season he's still just attacking 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 it takes his toll it's gonna take his toll and so, so the we'll wear see. and tear especially on a guy who's that athletic and he wants and he has to use that in a lot of his plays but another side Jabari Parker kind of has he's been looking good this year honestly losing some of that baby fat looking more athletic much more nimble did you see that did you see that dunk that was surrounding around Twitter there he puts the ball behind his back and then goes up and dunks. Off the I mean, other I, side, I've seen him. He's he's been doing that since like last year. 
That's the thing. Right. People, it's crazy. He's one of those sneaky athletes, but people now thought he was just kind of a. I don't know what they thought he was, but even when he came back from the injury last year, he, he had a couple of amazing two-handed dunks on the baseline. I think when he came out of the draft, people were looking at those tapes and thinking he was a little bit doughy and thought he'd be like kind of that Glenn Robinson kind of low to the uh, low to the ground, you know, just just take some good shots but not really fly over everyone. But he's got a good size. I mean, he's what about six eight. But he's got a close about a six eleven wingspan and about a about an eight ten standing, so he's got some good size for the three. Obviously playing the four, he's thirty two minutes a game, nineteen point five points, uh, a bit bigger on the rebounds, getting six point four and about even on the rest, a little bit more in steals, and virtually the same in field goal. So just coming back to the comparison, we're now seeing a little bit more. Obviously we had more Wiggins last year than we had Parker. Um, but if you have to look at these two prospects, can you take a gut feeling of like in 10 years, uh, we're going to say they should have had this guy? Uh, I don't think you really can. Uh, we know that Jabari lost a year due to that injury. Uh, so this is, they're both in year three now, but I mean, like Jabari lost a year. But I mean, you look at their per 36's numbers, it's a lot closer, right? Per 36, Wiggins is scoring almost 27, but Jabari's scoring almost 22. Jabari's a better rebounder. He's grabbing seven rebounds per per thirty six, which is really good. But and he's Wiggins, not playing with Carl Anthony Towns, right? Uh, I mean that that's that, I'm not gonna give him that pass because I mean, it, 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 when you're look, Russell Westbrook's playing with Stephen Adams and Enos Cantor, he's still grabbing almost ten a game. So that that doesn't I'm not gonna give him that pass. I mean, I, I'm not even it's nitpicking because you know Wiggins is really good. He's showing offensively just that he he he's deserves accolades accolades this year. But I mean, you know, you'd expect a little more than you know four rebounds per thirty-six from a guy of his, of his just immense athleticism and size. So, I mean, it's, I think right now Wiggins is a, is a little more advanced, which is surprising to say, right? I think he's a little more advanced as an all-around scorer than than Parker. But Parker, and it's again weird to say, he seems to be almost more of a natural get out and go get in transition guy. Even though Wiggins is too. Wiggins is awesome. He is a. Which is kind of funny because when these guys got drafted, they were labeled with the exact opposite thing that you just gave them. Exactly. Well, we see that uh, Park Jabari is a little more athletic than people thought. I think Wiggins is not as raw as people thought and has a little more offensive upside. They say, oh, he'll never be able to shoot a jumper. And, well, the jumper, not just a three-pointer. He's actually hitting pull-up twos and, and you know, a little bank shot. So I think offensively he's a lot better than people might have thought he would be. It's just weird, though. Like I said, he'll have a 30-2-2 you know, two and two night. And, you know, it'd be plus two for the night. So, but um, I also think the team balance in in Milwaukee, in, in Minnesota is so much better as far mm-hmm. as Levine, Carnathy Towns. There's so much more balanced. And then in Milwaukee right now, no shooting. And him and him and Giannis basically play the same position. You know, the hybrid three, four kind of weird thing. So, yeah. I think uh, roster makeup more than anything else is the differentiating factor with Wiggins and Jabari. But they're both. They're both fine. I, I I guess right now I go Wiggins by 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 just a hair. And now, as a weird what if, because I live in that world, if uh, Milwaukee went to uh, Minnesota right now, said I'll just trade them straight up, does Minnesota say yes? No, I, I no, not at all. And if it's reversed, uh, does does Milwaukee say yes for the exact reasons uh, you, uh, you just noted that Wiggins can play some two three? Uh, I I. Th- think Milwaukee might say yes, yeah, because they could play Wiggins at the two. And I think Jabari can go 3-4. I think Wiggins go, can go 2-3. So I, I think so. I think, yeah, maybe so. But I, I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, maybe I'm irrational. I'm a big fan of Jabari Parker and his game. 
Uh, yeah. I think once once if he can get a three point shot, which hey Wiggins did it, so who knows if he can do it? Right now he's not shooting very well from three. Jabari is shooting. I don't know. He's shooting like what? Oh, thirty-three uh, percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. He's young. He'll like I said, he's a year behind development basically. So, I'm just yeah. really glad because I remember there were some pundit tour and some of the people that we both follow and respect on social media were, you know, is is Jabari Parker even good at basketball? Can he get this done? So. <laughs> no, no, he definitely has a lot, of, and and he's got some of those sneaky scoring skills uh, that only some of the good ones have. Like like he's he's got some weird bits about him. He's got some uh, uh, some of those mellow post moves where he kind of just sneaks around. He's got some. I kind of like uh, old man skills, I call him. Like, for a young guy, I feel he's got a really, really advanced post-game, and his footwork's clean, and I just like what he brings. Yeah, some uh, people are just kind of natural scorers, and I think he's one of those guys. So, as, as it's, I mean, it, it's intriguing, man, because, you know, Middleton being out really kind of puts a kibosh on their whole season, but and having to have to deal with Delhi, so... <laughs> Such a Delhi hater, but yeah. Um, I, well, uh, I mean, Delhi is shooting, like, I think, what, I think 27% from three right now. So, I mean, I'm loving life. Yeah, well, he's proven you're right. Um, someone else who thought they'd be loving life, maybe he's not right now. Uh, Russell Westbrook. We just talk, started talking about some athletes like Wiggins. Uh, Russell Westbrook starts the year, I think they went, what, what like 6-1 and one to kick it off. And they've been on a bit of a slide, losing some games to, the, to some teams they really should have won against, especially teams like Detroit without Jackson or Drummond. Um Putting up crazy numbers, almost averaging triple double. Um, I mean, getting all these assists, all these rebounds, all these points, and that and that kind of uh, finishing, maybe dunk of the year so far. You have to call it when the they're the lefty dunk. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. It was pretty nasty. Yeah, it's up there. Actually, it's kind of funny because I heard some people kind of complaining, saying it was cool, but he didn't make the right basketball move. Like oh, them whatever. up at that time, he should have just yeah. kind of took it, hugged it. He knows he's a good free throw shooter. They'll come to him, waste yeah, a couple right. seconds. Hey, you know right. what? You don't want him to do it, stop him. You don't want him to do it, stop him. If he missed, then you can say something. I hate people that do kind of thing. Hey, he saw he saw an opportunity to put him up, you know, increase the lead a little bit, yeah. and maybe get a foul, and he and he took it, and now that's a, that's a good basketball play. And they won. So, but... I guess that's the point, right? Does he feel like he needs to do everything, even though it's his team? Now, it, it's a bit weird, right? Because, like, how do you say a guy needs to do everything and he gets over 10 assists on, on a ton of games, right? Because obviously he's passing the rock. But my main point, and, and I want to get this from you, was I kind of look at him like he's got that kind of Mamba-esque mentality. You know, like, like he's just going for the jugular every time he plays. Like, okay. First not... of all, first of all, let's, let's, this, 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 this away team podcast, which already is a terrible name. It's not going to honor and respect the name Mamba because Kobe Bryant gave it to himself. So let's dead that right now. That's the corniest right, thing I've ever heard in my life. Kobe mode. We'll call it Kobe mode or whatever. Or Kobe. Whatever you want to call it. I refuse to sit here and listen to people use that stupid name Mamba. Okay. Go ahead. All right. I'm changing it. So, Kobe had that kind of killer instinct that he would just take over games, go one on five, and he he just knew he was the best player in the court. And I think Russell Westbrook, look, it's tough to argue he's not the best player in the court most nights. Uh, he's probably a top five talent, uh, at worst top ten talent if you want to argue it. Um, but the is that playing to their detriment? I, I, you know, like people were, were looking with him and KD and, you know, some people like myself were like, I wonder if it would be interesting if he had his own team, kind of like the 2001 76ers where Iverson had himself plus a whole lot of defense. 
And I was like, maybe that's the best way to play a guy like Russell Westbrook. Obviously, that's not the same team they have around him. And as Cantor and Dikemi Mutombo are as polar opposite as they can get. Um, Steven Adams is nice, but they need some shooting. They need a lot of help. And I know we started the show talking about maybe getting Rudy Gay over there um, for some scoring help. I, I don't know how that would work. But see, exactly. so let's talk about it, though, because the question is, you say he's doing to the detriment. But then in, the, other, in this, the next breath, you're saying he needs help there. So, I mean, which one is it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I get the questions people ask about Russ Westbrook and what he's doing, but at the same time, which one is it? Because it's true. They brought in Depot to help. They brought his, they just paid Stephen Adams a, a boatload of money, but both of them have been underwhelming. Some Stephen Adams has butterfingers every game. I've watched almost, you know, every minute of every game they played so far. Um, Oladipo can can he stepped up big last game, but he can also you know give him a, a four for seventeen showing any night. Mm-hmm. So so I mean it's. The reason this is not like uh, it's not quite like Kobe. I, I've said this before in another show that the big difference with Kobe and and uh, Russell Westbrook, everybody to a man, raised by how Kobe Bryant's most intelligent basketball player they've ever seen. He thinks the game. He's the th- he does this. He knows this, and he'll sit there and he'll pontificate and he'll give you all these philosophies about the game and the effort and the the sacrifice. Well, guess what? If you're that smart of a player, you should know that when I'm double teamed or triple teamed, I can find my guy in the basket. Kobe didn't want to play the right way. Phil Jackson said it himself. I've, I'm imploring him to play more like LeBron and to be, you know, to get other guys going first, and then he can get his offense later. I'm imploring, I'm begging him to do these things. He won't do it. So that's where the main difference is. I think Russell Westbrook really just looks around from time to says, "We need somebody to do this. No one else in this team can do this, you know. Uh, or you know, we're down seven. They've all missed. Uh, they've missed, you know, eight of eight of eleven shots now." And we're just getting further and further behind. Clock's running down. I you think that actually go, that that goes through his mind instead of just I'm the best player on the on the floor. Forget you guys. I mean, you can do the semantics all you want to because I mean that's either way we're both just kind of making stuff up. So I mean that sounds I don't I don't nothing I've seen from from Russell Westbrook makes me think he would just look at screw my team. I'm I'm the best player. I'm going to do it all because you're you're saying the same thing I'm saying is like well this has to get done. No one else can do it, and and I, I want to take this responsibility. So, I mean, however you want to say it, you want to spin it to sound negative, I'm saying it to sound, you know, not so negative, that's fine. That's my, my point is, yeah, I, I do think he just feels responsibility as the leader of the team and, and the best player to, to, to sometimes try to take over, and sometimes it's short circuits, you know? So, um, like the game against the Clippers, they came and they, you know, they battled all the way back, and he was hitting some, uh, some really nice jumpers, and then he finally missed one, and, you know, then... Then the the boneheaded three came after that, but it, it, he he kept them in the game. So even the games when he kind of you know does some he short circuits, the fact that they're only in the games because of what he did in the first place. So it's hard to say he does too much. It's almost like right now DeMar, DeMar DeRozan. He's getting all this praise because he's making all these mid range shots, these tough mm-hmm. mid range shots. He's just he's draining them from everywhere. Right now he's being called like oh best ISO score. These are the same shots he's been taking for years, but now he's making them and it's a good shot. You see what I'm saying? But when he was missing them, it's, oh, he's so inefficient. And it, it's, it is a make-or-miss league. And so when Russ is playing well, hey, it looks great. When he's playing poorly, and then it's, oh, he's out of control. Okay, well, to close the thought on him, do you think this version of Russell Westbrook with more or less this team, I mean, maybe they make a splash of the trade deadline. I don't know if they do this year. Uh, I, maybe they make the Rudy Gay play. Do you think this version of Russell Westbrook is good enough to get them into the playoffs this year with what you've seen in the small sample size. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, like we, this is the thing. We're, we're 12 games in for OKC right now. I've always said the first tw- it takes 20 games for a team to be who they kind of are. 
Mm-hmm. And then they'll still tweak it from there. So they've had some really good wins. Like the Clippers are awesome. They beat the Clippers three, but it's only three game, uh, four games in. Golden State smacked them. Big deal. Uh, they played Toronto kind of close. Uh, they played the Clippers close again. So I, the talent's there, and I think it's just about finding the right rotations. Uh, Donovan's still trying stuff out. Russ, and no, here's a big thing. Um, we, uh, he shot 12 threes against Toronto, which is way <laughs> too many. But since then, he's, he's, only shot, he's only shooting like less than four a game. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. And he said it himself. He's like, you know, I think somebody asked him, um, you know, one of the, the beat writers asked him, hey, you know, you and your – the last few games, you're shooting like 60% from the floor, and, you, you know, most of your shots come around the rim. What's the, what's, what's the big difference? He goes, I, he goes, I, I learned. And, and I realized that, you know, that's where I, I, I'm the best at. So I, I learned. I'm, hey, good on him. We'll see if that keeps up. But um, I, I, I really I, – hey, he had, a little, he had a little rough stretch. They lost four in a row. The Houston game was great for him and the team, I think. So I think they're gonna they're they're gonna get it together, man. I'm, I have a lot of faith in Russ Westbrook. Yeah, man. Well, probably a little bit more faith than a guy like Josh Smith over in China chucking 18 threes in one game. But uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's why you get to go be the star of your did, own team. Did he do that? Yeah, man. Today. Wow. 18 threes. I don't even know how many he what hit. A bum, dude. What a freaking <laughs> Josh bum. Smith. Yeah, he's playing against Carlos Boozer. <laughs> Anyways, this will be the uh, looks like we're wrapping up the the. End of the first half. We're coming back in the second half with some fan questions uh, led by. They're not. They're not fans. They probably hate us all. But fine. Some, F- uh, fine some... hater question. Basketball questions. I'm never gonna get these words right. But uh, we'll catch you on the other side from uh, James and myself. What you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? What you mean you ain't never heard about the away team? The away team and the away team. Those guys, that's your And here we go out of the half. Time for the second half to start. Let's kick it off. Um, yeah, we got some burning Twitter questions. Uh, we went on social media, Twitter, and I put out there, hey, who left a question for us for the Away Team Pod show? And we got a, got a little handful, some pretty good ones. So we're going to hit them pretty quick, uh, run through them. If I mess up your at name, don't blame me. Blame, uh, blame Sporting <laughs> Phil. Blame Sporting Phil. Let's we'll start from the bottom. Uh, Let's give the man, people what they want, man. My man at Carter Landis three Landis. So his question is: He seems disbelieving. He said, "Are are the Hawks for real?" What do you think about that, man? I'm gonna say no, just because I think uh, Dwight Howard. I uh, I don't believe he's gonna stay healthy the whole year. I think he's playing really well. He, he, you know, starting out to di- to, to prove he's worth his money, um, and I don't really see this ceiling on Schroeder that I thought I'd see. Um, so I think they'll be okay, make the playoffs, but ultimately kind of in that three to six range. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Uh, it's funny you say that because Dwight was healthy all last season. He, he, you know, I think he played like 70 or 80 games last year. Uh, I think Schroeder, Schroeder's looked really good. I, I, he he does lack consistency, but guess what? Behind him, that the the rookie, even though he's like 28, Malcolm Delaney has been fantastic. The guy can really score, but he's learning how to play the point guard position on the fly, and he looked really good. Paul Millsap is incredible. I, I, we just watched, you know, Cleveland was running roughshod through the East, and then they ran to Atlanta and they lost. So I'm going to say yes, they're going to be a top two or three seed. Now, once again, the playoffs and and you know, playoff LeBron shows up. Does it really matter? Nope. Who knows? The point is, I think. I mean, you can't just say they're not legit because they're going to run against, you know, a top five player of all time with a good team around them. So I say, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely legit. 
Next up, uh, my man, at X Cortez Cooper. And this is an easy one for me. He wants to know, despite having the best record in the league, can the Clippers realistically beat Golden State in the postseason? This is a good one. Um, I'm going to say, judging just from what we've seen right now, I think Golden State's a little more vulnerable than we thought. Uh, they miss Bogut and Azili more than we, than they thought, probably. And Well, obviously more than they thought. Because they, they're getting leads on teams, and they've had some really good wins. But then we've seen teams come back in the fourth on them. It's like they can't really slam the door. Toronto did it the other night. So I think as what for, as they stand right now, the Clippers, yes, can give them a, a run for their money. Realistically, they have a shot. I still think it's a, maybe a 15, 20% shot because I think with the talent that the that Golden State has, no matter what, that kind of talent is going to come out uh, like the cream will rise to the top. But, I mean, Clippers look scary right now. What do you think, man? I think they have a legit shot, and I hate saying this because I'm not a Clippers guy, but watching those Golden State Warriors, the way to beat them is you pound them inside and you f- and you get their guys to foul out. I think this has Blake Griffin written all over it. Um, uh, another guy, uh, Luka Mamute, yeah, he's starting as their three. I kind of like him on defense. Strong, he's tough. A uh, guy like J.J. Reddick, keep him, keep him honest. And... Um, Chris Paul, I mean, yeah, he's smaller, and we, uh, we uh, we've written and spoken about uh, about smaller guys having some troubles, but I just think uh, that they're gonna get DeAndre and Blake involved enough early uh, to get some foul trouble going. And when you're a sh- when you're a team with a s- shorter bench, when you get in foul trouble, and and you know what, y- y- you can't afford to lose Green. And I think if there's one team that can re- okay. that can really get them out of foul trouble, it's them. Well, see, here's the thing that you're missing. Like, once you get to playoffs again, you can't be playing four on five when you're on offense, and that's exactly what they're going to be doing with Luke Mabute. Ma- <laughs> How do you say it? Pronounce again. Either way, you can't – once you get to the playoffs and the intensity ratchets up, and all of a sudden you got four guys scoring instead of five. In fact, really three guys scoring because, yeah, DeAndre's a great vertical spacer, but, I mean, he's not going to give you, you know, 15 or 20. Probably not. Maybe against Golden State without the interior defense. So, um, it's it's yeah, it looks good right now. I just think once in the again, they could never stop Kevin Durant. Now you can, now you gotta stop Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. I, I just I don't know. I, I don't think I, I think in the playoffs it's just gonna they're gonna kind of overwhelm them. So you so you give it a, a yes, a good chance, yep. or a realistic realistic chance. I, I give them a very slim chance. Well, how about when, that? I, when I say realistic chance, I'll probably say forty to forty five. And, okay, and I'm going to give him 15 to 20. Yeah. I think it's pretty. I think it's a pretty slim chance, though. That's a good question, though. Um, my man uh, at Francis Adu Jr. Uh, I think that's it. Francis Adu Jr. <laughs> Francis Adu Jr. Um, oh, so this is a good one. What's more important for a lead guard in general, passing ability or scoring ability? And oh, uh, here we go. I'm going to let you take it first. Oh man. Um... I'm I, I'm gonna stick to my guts, and as much as I'm gonna get destroyed by this, I'm saying passing. Um, Jesus my gut feeling is that look, as, as long as you have size with the passing, uh, uh, can I have that as a caveat? Like, like I like I don't have to be a five no, ten no, Chris no, Paul. No, 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 you can't. No, you said John. You said John Stockton would you take him over Matty Johnson? So no, <laughs> you can't have size. So go ahead. Let's hear. Let's I'm hear saying passing because I think that maximizes the rest. Look, as a point guard, if we're saying a passing passing forward and such look it depends on the makeup of your team but in general guys who pass the rock will make other guys better and i just think that maximizes your team look i i I love having scoring at point guard i I would really like to have both. how do you look at what the league is doing right now steph curry dame lillard dame lillard uh 
Kyle or Kyle. I get your point. How do you look at these guys? No, no, no. You don't get my point. I'm just wondering. I'm looking at what. I'm looking at what kind of edibles do they have up there in Canada that you just are chewing that make you just considering you live in California. Okay, but listen, I'm looking at a guy, and I know this is going to sound really whack, but a but Ricky Rubio in Minnesota. I don't think though. I don't think just just let me finish. I don't think those guys develop the way they do if they have a shoot first point guard in that team. And so, if you're talking a team game where you have stars, well, guess what? Here, here's, here's the I'm gonna blow your mind. Boom. If they had a shoot for, if they had a, a shoot first point guard, they probably been better than they were lat, than to get Carl Anthony Towns. So they never got him in the first place because he can't score. He can't score. So you're using an example of, oh, they need this this guy to get the offense together in Minnesota. That means you need better. Look at the best point guards in the league. You can't sit there and just look at and tell me that again. Let's start from the top. Sure, Chris Paul is a great, a great passer, right? So we'll we'll give him the one. Steph Curry is not the best passer on this team, and that's okay, right? Russell Maybe Westbrook statistically, talks about I, no, I think he's talent not, wise, he's not. Be, nope, nope, nope. Raise a better pass. It doesn't matter. My point is, who's the who's the best passer on that team? Who is the one who's actually running the offense that's on that true. team? Who's leading the team fine, in, in assists right now? Okay, Dame. We already know is not. He's a he's a okay. You know, he's he's a. I guess he'll get by the point guard, but he's not a great passer. And Kyrie Irving. And he's a, Kyrie Irving is not a great passer. So this whole I don't I don't get this fascination people have with the quote unquote traditional point guard. It's ridiculous. I think I, I think it. it's more of a point strategy. that I keep talking about that I don't want point guard to be my best position. It doesn't have to be your best position. Like look at Kyrie. Look at yeah, Kyrie. Because he's that's not the LeBron best James on almost any other team. Kyrie's your best player. Well, and he would. Well, no, he wouldn't be. Kyrie's not that good of a player. You put him with a player like like Paul George. He's not the best player on that team. He's just a supplementary no, scorer. But Paul George and arguably is an also a ten, top ten player. Like 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 Kyrie Irving. It, I mean, go down the road. I mean, what is your point though? You go down the road. What what do you want to put him with? No matter what, Kyrie. If he's your best player, he's not going to be good whether he can pass or not. Mm-hmm. Ricky Rubio, he's your best player on the team. Guess no, no, what? but he can't You're be your best player. Either. That's my whole point. Like, like Ricky Rubio would never be your best player, and so. I, but we I just want... saw Dame. We just saw Dame take a team to the playoffs that everyone thought would be the worst team in the NBA. We and just, was, you know, last and that year. That was really he fun just to watch, did. To be honest. You see what I'm saying? So I, I, I don't get this fascination because your system could be your best passer, like San Antonio. It doesn't. You can you can figure out an offense. You don't need a this this sublime passer because guess what? Then you're gonna be all right, all right. I'll, 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 I'll give this one to you because I did. No, I, no, I, don't I, I didn't picture Tony me. Parker, I'm and I'm like, you. nah. It bothered me exactly. right there. I just had. I, I hate that so much. <laughs> so so there you go, Francis. You cause hate and discontent on the show. I had to yell at him, and I feel bad now. But no, I I, def, I definitely think. Uh, scoring ability, especially shooting, is more important than being a, a, a top-notch passer as a point guard. But you made a good point, though, because, like, basically, e- either way, it's really tough to have a point guard as your best player unless he can score, I think. And that's the thing. If he's going to be your best player, he has to score at an unbelievable kind of level. Does so. it matter to you if he's, like, just scoring more overall, like, Russ, as opposed to three-point shooting, or is just scoring in general uh, uh, just counts? Um, I, I mean, like, would Russ be better if he could shoot threes? Of course he would. So, I think with, say, in the No, but I'm offense, saying, when... like, like, compare him to a guy like Curry, right? Like, like a guy who focuses on the three as opposed to a guy who focuses on driving, like, like, like. No, that's why I like Dame. I think people understand Dame has really varied it up, and he gets to incredible like balance. any other guard in the league. Uh, so that the fact that he can just score, I mean, being a scorer is what it yeah. takes. So I, I mean, even Chris Paul is he's dangerous from the mid range more than anything else. So, 
and he can give you twenty to twenty five. So it's it's good. You got you, that's why I hate Rondo, and <laughs> I, I hate I shouldn't say hate. I really just just like Rondo's game, and it even worries me about John Wall is that if you can't really shoot, because Wall can score a little bit, but he's not really he can't really shoot. Didn't have like a go to move. So we spent enough time on that one. But um, I, I so you erroneously think passing, I think scoring. So again, you're wrong. Um, at Porzindu. I wonder what this question's going to be about, given that Twitter handle name. I wonder. This one, we, we can go pretty quick on this one. Will the Knicks ever figure it out, or will we trade Zingas? They have him under control for, this is year two, so they'll you know, restrict free agency, probably like four or five more years. I think they'll figure it out, but I think Phil Jackson will have to be gone. I think this is going to be the last time they go for the big splash. They're going to maybe run this for a couple more years. I think they're going to be bad this year. Probably start being bad next year again. I think Phil Jackson will have to be gone. They're going to have to bring in a GM and actually humble themselves a little bit and try to build a regular team. But uh, I don't think – I mean, Zingas is too good unless he demands a trade, so they better get it right. What do you think? I think, yeah, there's no way trade Zingas as much as they boot him on draft day. It's going to be real tough to replace him and everything he brings, everything he can bring. I think the uh, the, the changeover moment comes when Melo finally is like, I, I'm tired of this. I'm going to waive my no trade. We're going to get it done, and, and they're going to get rid of him for assets and just build around Zinger. I think we're going to see that in the next year, year and a half. I think yeah. I think starting with Phil Jackson, uh, posse garbage, is starting some of it, even though he may not have meant it that way. I, I think you can tell there's some uh, some uneasiness already. He's seeing, his, he, he's seeing his friends and other guys, you know, getting together and winning, and as much as you like Przingis, everyone knows he's not going to be ready in time to maximize Melo. I think you move Melo. Uh, yeah, it's... I'm, I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off, but yeah, I, I I just... This team is just... It makes me come, almost feel sad for Knicks fans if they weren't such jerks. So, uh, yeah, it's... I don't see how they're going to... They can't cobble together a team in the next couple of years that's going to actually be any kind of contention, so Melo might as well get up out of there. Um... I skipped this. We meant to put these two questions together. So let's go to my man at Ron Schweinlock. Schweinlock. At Ron Schweinlock. Um, going back to the Clippers, he says, Luke Richard going to be starting for the Clippers come playoff time. Um, I'm hoping they actually pull off a Rudy Gay trade, but I'm going to think yes, just because defense wins and every team they're going to run into is going to have talented wings. And unless they can really bring back some kind of legitimate value on some team that's dumping a wing, which is kind of a weird thing to do in today's NBA. I think it's weird having him and DeAndre as just two guys who just play defense, but I don't think they have much choice. Like I think unless a team just gifts them someone like a, like a Terrence Ross kind of player, I think that's what's up. Yeah, I just they you can't you can't start to like just I guess especially well he's the one offensive drain. I know people say that DeAndre is actually a big plus because you know the pick and roll player, and that's great. The point you can you can't start two guys who just can't shoot like that and can't really do much on their own. In playoff time, they're gonna get eaten alive by a team like Golden State trying to do that. So I'm gonna say no. Yeah, they 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 gotta find someone to to take that position at least give them something. Um, which is, I think let's real quick. It's another problem they have in OKC with Russ is that I love him. I love I love the guy, but Roberson Roberson fit better with its KD and Russ. Hey, I don't need to score. I just need to play defense. Now, oh my God, it's terrible. He hits the side of the backboard. He's throwing up air balls. He's turning down. But if wide they got shots, Rudy Gay, that could maybe play to that, right? No, no. They got, I think they might just move Roberson now. Oof. 
If they get Rudy Gay. Yeah, I think they should probably just move him. Um, from a man at Tom West, NBA, uh, he wants to know, can the Timberwolves make the eight seed or will they still be too young, inexperienced, bad at third quarters, et cetera? Uh, go ahead, oh, man. man. Well, I think they're improving with every game. Uh, the, I mean, the third – I mean, I I honestly think in tonight's game we're watching, I think that's why they played them so late um, against Philly. Like, I think Tom Thibodeau wants to teach these young guys how to close games. I think it matters. Um uh, even this, uh, Zach Levine had a bad, sh- had a bad showing, um, shooting wise, but a lot of rebounds coming to this team that is just so talented. And, and Wiggins is like, like almost up for grabs for MIP. If he continues anything close to this, um, can they do it? I think it's a good West, uh, uh, better than some people give it credit for, but, uh, I'm I'm going to take a crack at it and say yes. I mean, right now, they're only two wins behind. Anything can happen. I think Memphis can go for a slide. So uh, The Lakers are playing a bit above what they can do. Um, yeah, I can I, I can see them fighting for that spot. I, I, I don't think it'll be easy, but I can actually say, and Denver, oh, Denver's going to Portland. That's so tough. Oh, you poor, poor soul. Okay, I'm going to stick, uh, I'm gonna stick to my is, call you, and say yes because yeah, I'm sticking. Yeah, you, you fell for it. You fell for the okey-doke. They look good against Philly, and you fell for the okie doke <laughs> because we've seen them. They blow third quarter leagues. They're a young team. That's what young young teams do. Young teams come out one night look like world beaters, and the next night they can't do anything because they just they're young. They don't have the focus and the pre the prerequisite. Just just they're just not there yet, and that's what, I mean we've seen that. Tibbs is they're going to get better as the season goes on. Then they're still going to have stinkers and clunkers. So it's it, you fell for the okie doke. Uh, no, this is not their year. I've been saying all summer. I don't think this is their year. I'd be pleasantly surprised if they do make it. I don't think they make it. Would you bring in anyone to try to ramp that no. up? Or, no. Or, or is no. that exactly no. the conversation we had before, where you wouldn't rush the process, exactly. and just let it happen? Yep. Exact conversation we had before. You don't. You don't stunt anyone's growth or start giving it to somebody else and saying we got to start winning just to make the playoffs. Now, would Tibbs do that? He might, because I mean that's that's the thing with Minnesota and these teams like that, right? They they just. Playoffs, them are their life, bro. Blood. It's so they can point and say, "See, we're successful." So, and if you, because it would mean something. It would mean something. Yeah, you could go to free agents and say, "Hey, look, we're a playoff team. We just need another piece, and maybe you can get some guys to come in." So, oh. I, I wouldn't. I would. I definitely wouldn't. Oh, and maybe if the Warriors don't win at all, maybe KD skips town again and goes to <laughs> like greener pastures with Carol Anthony Towns. I don't know. Oh god. I know it won't happen. I'm just saying. I just like. I'm a T Wolves fan. I want to see these things happen. Hey, uh, uh quit quick gut check and and if they miss the playoffs they could add another nice draft pick and in, in what's supposed to be a nice uh upcoming draft to this team hey uh, honestly i don't think honestly maybe it would probably be best i don't think they care really about another draft pick think about it, they're young at almost every position right yeah now. what else are you going to really add may, so it's maybe like, a stretch you know, four because dieng is what 27 like maybe but then you i have other guys too yeah there's nothing hey gut call before we go do you think at the end of the year, like who's their starting point guard, and do they keep both between obviously Dunn and Rubio? Oh uh, no, I think Rubio's. I think his contract's almost up, man. I think they're gonna have to make a decision on him soon, either this summer or this coming summer. I, or this summer I completely after agree, I, yeah, and I, that's why I'm saying, what's your call? Like, like where do you where do you think their final decision lands? Because I I, I still stuck to, uh, stick to my guns. I know I lost the argument about the point guards, but I'm saying. I still think he is better for the development of the main three guys than Dunn would ever be. Well, if they're as good as people say they're going to be, then how, how long do you worry about development when you try to start, start winning? 
well, considering they're all you know 21, um, I wouldn't really expect anything until 23. But, I mean, so another how old is Rubio? Uh, Rubio is only three years older than Dunn. So uh, uh, let's not go crazy about this. Rubio's. That's not what I'm asking you. No, Rubio's I'm 25. Rubio so uh, so he's he's at the part of his career where he's like, dude, I, do I want to babysit for the next four years? Until four years, two window? years. It, like at that point, he'll be 27, starting to enter his prime as a six-four point guard who can steal, doesn't need athleticism, has great vision, and, and, and is going to start passing to a 23-year-old Car Anthony Towns wig. Listen to this headline: As frustration mounts for Timberwolves, Rubio says they are not learning. Ricky Rubio, I get mad thinking that we're wasting time. We're not learning. It's time to change. He's already getting to that point where mentally he's like, dude, I've been in the league for six, seven years. What am I doing here? So, no, I think maybe after this year he might be gone. Uh, I guess it really depends on what Dunn shows. He's been very uneven so far. He's shown a couple flashes, but... I mean, come I on, think dude. that's an interesting no. play, considering he's kind of uh, the dodo of the NBA, being that pass-first point guard who really can't shoot at all, right? Like, like. And guess what, sir? He was born in uh, October twenty-fourth, nineteen ninety. So. Twenty-five, turning twenty-six. Yeah, he's getting up there. Twenty-five, almost twenty-six. Yeah, he's he's. I, I don't know, man. I you know about me and point guards who can't score, so. I, it, it gets, I totally feel. It, 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 no, you don't. You love you love that. I, I love it. All I said was, "What's your gut feeling? Who's like 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 the end of this year? Like like who do they get rid of out of those two? Gut call." Oh yeah, no oh, easy. It's just, if anybody's gonna be moved, it's gonna be Rubio. Okay, I'm calling done. Oh yeah. No, nah, there's no way they moved. They they drafted him. If he he'd have to be a total a crap fest for him to get moved. No, nah, they're gonna move Rubio and send him somewhere we can actually try to win. Uh, we got one more question. So it's from my man at. CT one hundred and first. CT one oh one just rolls ST. It just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah, CT one oh one hundred and first, whatever. One oh one, yeah, okay. Uh he said, Do you think the league will ever like shift back to big man as a centerpiece? Do you think the league will ever shift back to the big man as a centerpiece? Uh yeah. I, I well, no, because I think the big man as we know it is gone. There won't be another Shaq or just Dave Robinson. Uh, these guys are so versatile. These guys are so, I mean, it's almost like they, they say positionless basketball. Yeah, these big men, they play almost like small forwards. Um, and, and, you know, they can step out and hit threes. So I, we could say yes, because right now, look at Carl Anthony Towns. Though, he's a centerpiece. He's a centerpiece. He's also not a traditional big. I mean, if he was playing the 90s, he'd be a power forward. Well, he's a big man, and a big man is a big man. So, are you saying Carl Malone wasn't a big man? Are you, do you only consider centers big men? A big man's a power forward, or small, or small, or power forward, or a center. You know, so I, I call mean, him guys I mean, whose offense comes max, kind of eighteen foot back to the basket, like That's like in that kind of traditionalistic just... kind of view. Listen, listen, I'm hating myself because I actually agree because I. In my mind of what a traditional big man, I got to say no because, yeah, the David Robinsons, the Shaqs, all those guys, like, we're seeing – but I don't think guys are going to come out of the league. I mean, we're seeing guys like Nurkic here and there, but aside from that, guys are playing all over the place. All these guys who are 6'10", uh, we're seeing guys like Simmons and Antetokounmpo. I mean, uh, the, are the traditional big men going to come back and dominate, like, the Mornings and Ewings and all them? Nah, I don't think so. I, I – but I don't think it's going to be a question. And of, they can't with the new with the new defensive rules and the fact that you know the NBA they just won't allow it. The defenses are more sophisticated. You can't sit there and post up for for eight seconds at a time. It just won't happen. So that 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 era is gone. And now you got the Miles Turners. You got to be able to step out and shoot. 
step out and blow past your man. Uh, you gotta it just you gotta be more as a big man. Or you're gonna be you could be a DeAndre Jordan where you rebound and you catch alley oops and and putbacks and that's fine too. But you know that that's not being the centerpiece. But yeah, it takes a guy like Porzingis who can hit the Dirk step backs and threes, or a guy like Cat. You know, it, it takes you got to be able to be a really skilled big man if you want to be a centerpiece. Same thing with Joker. So it's possible. Them, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah, I think it's possible. Probably not likely. But what is likely? What? What's not likely? We we got big men. It's like Embiid is going to be the centerpiece in Philly, right? I mean, oh, I thought we were back to this back Simmons, to the basket traditional thing. Saying I'm I'm saying no to that. No, okay, no, fine. I'm agreeing. You're not, you're not listening, Mister. You're not listening, to my Canadian friend. The question was, will we ever shift back to the big man as a centerpiece? Didn't say traditional. Just says a big man. All right, fine. Well, I mean, I I think that answer is obviously yes. Then with Cousins and all these guys, Anthony Davis, like I think we're shifting to that right now. And I think in about two years, it's not even going to be a conversation. Well, it's always going to be a conversation because we're still going to have Kawhi, still going to have KD, still going to have. Dur- so, like, it's it's will the big man be the dominant player in the league again? All those think? guys are going to be thirty plus, except for Kawhi. So, absolutely, I think they will. I mean, there's still Paul George, there's still Jimmy Butler, there's still there's you know there's still plenty of great point guards. So, I mean, it's it's really hard just to say, oh, it's a big man's league. I do. Be- I do about- because I think if he stays on his feet, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, guys like that are, are going to out-talent the little guys and just be able to play in modern in modern games. And I think, I, yep, yeah, my answer is simply yes. That's terrible. <laughs> Ter- um, oh, we got another one or are we good? No, that's it. We we shut down the. I mean, the shot clock's running. We're 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 under in the last minute. That's gonna be about it. That's it for the Twitter questions. All right. Well, thanks guys for sending those. We'll make sure to tag you up when we uh, get the bit posted. I want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode here of the Away Team on Press Basketball. Continue the conversation on Twitter. Uh, we're always well. Uh, James is a good follow. Um, I just do a lot of gifs or gifts or whatever the cool kids are calling it these days. And. Uh, Oh my God! You call it whatever, man. Nerd. Those moving pictures and things. Hey, at least I know basketball. I don't need to know art. But uh, <laughs> man, do, you? do you really? No, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're good. You're good. All right, brother. Well, listen. Uh, uh, good talking again, and uh, we'll hit. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down, slow down. So tell everybody where they can find you, uh, social media wise, and and everywhere else. They can find me at Sporting Phil on all the above. You want to go on Facebook? You want to go on Twitter at Sporting Phil? We can continue that conversation. How about yourself, my brother? Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at J Holis Hoops. That's H O L A S. Um, and find me at B-Bar Breakdown and look for me every now and then maybe on Press Basketball if they let me write again. Absolutely. The guy's got talent, man. Still one of my favorite articles. If you haven't checked it, uh, actually check James's uh, uh, Twitter feed. I think he's got it pinned at the top about Ray Allen. All right, guys. Yeah. Catch you next time. Game over. <laughs>